What's up, everybody? We know you're sitting at home in quarantine waiting for the NFL draft, so why don't you listen to our mock draft where we're guaranteed to get the picks right. My name is Keith Thornton. With me, as always, is Mike Adams. What's up? Uh, some big expectations, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, mock drafts are always right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've <laughs> never read an, uh, a wrong one, especially written by us. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> All right, let's dive right in. All right, let's get started with this mock draft. The way we set this up is I did the AFC picks. Mike did the NFC picks. That way I could pick the Chiefs, he could pick the Cowboys. You know, it's only only fitting. Um, we kept the draft order as is. We didn't calculate trade just because that's all speculative. It, it could go, you know, we don't want to say that the, the Dolphins are going to give up three draft picks for one or two for one. So we're just going to pick them as they lie, how we see fit. So uh, without further ado, the first overall pick, I was controlling the Bengals and selected to no one's surprise, Joe Burrow, quarterback from LSU. Uh, Mike, what do you think? I mean, I think that's a that's a definite. Uh, it's going to happen. Everyone knows that's what's going to happen. Um, I think it'll be a good fit for him there, especially if they keep Andy Dalton um, for the last year of his contract. If he can, if he can, even if he starts to have someone like Andy Dalton in your ear, um, teaching you and and. Uh, you know, just kind of guiding you through the process. Uh, and Andy Dalton has actually come out and said he'd be okay with just being a backup in Cincinnati uh, for this last year of his contract. So I think it's it's going to be a good situation to go to. AJ Green should be back. They've got Joe Mixon at running back. Um, they've got, I mean, they've got good receivers. Um, they do need help on the offensive line. Uh, Zach Taylor, I mean, he's Zach Taylor's a quarterback himself. If they do keep Andy Dalton, um, that's another you know kind of on the field coach. Uh, so I think it'll be a good situation and I think it's a clear cut first, you know, number one pick. Yeah. It's one of those, it, it's an easy pick to make, but at the same time, they have so many holes to fill. Could have went multiple ways here. I think when you got a guy who threw as many touchdowns as he did, it's, you got to lock down that franchise quarterback. I don't think that's their biggest position of need for certain, but you can't pass on a Joe Burrow. Absolutely. All right. So who was the pick at number two with the Redskins? All right. Yeah. With the Redskins, uh, I mean, again, I think this is a clear cut pick. It's going to be Chase Young, uh, edge player. Um, he could be defensive end, linebacker out of Ohio State. Um, talent wise, I think he's probably the best player in the in the draft. Um, I think he's better than Nick Bosa was coming out of the draft last year for Ohio State. Uh, an immediate impact player. Like I said, I think he can play defensive end or he could play linebacker, depending on what scheme they they use there. Uh, again, I think, uh, uh, this is going to, this is an immediate upgrade. And this is at this point, this early, it's about just adding the best talent, the best, um, the best talent and the best fit. And that's definitely chase young. Yeah. They kind of have the opposite of, of a team that's always like the Patriots where they're just drafting the best available. They're doing that, but it's because they have so many holes on their team that any position they pick is a position of need. Uh, but no chase young is just, he's dominant. Love the pick. That defense needs to get nasty under Ron Rivera, so love it. Yeah, and then with uh, since I did all the NFC picks, I have a, I have a few in a row here. So uh, next up, we have uh, the Lions, and I have them taking uh, Jeff Akuda uh, out of Ohio State, cornerback. Uh, again, 
this is this is really the best available and a need. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a great cornerback. They lost Darius Slay. Uh, Akuda can play. You know, he could play man. He could play zone. He kind of does it all. Uh, and again, this is this is the best player I think by a wide margin at at the cornerback and secondary position. Honestly, um, just defensive back position. I think that he's the best player. Uh, uh, in the secondary in this entire draft by a wide margin. So um, again, a, a need and uh, and best available, really. Absolutely. It makes the most sense. You lose Slay, this guy plugs right in, starts day one. Back-to-back uh, -back Buckeyes. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then number four, this is this is where I think the draft is going to, where the draft's going to get interesting, honestly, because depending on what the Giants do with this, this could cause a couple players, which we have one sliding down our, our draft board, and we'll get to him in here in a little bit. Um, but depending on what the Giants do here, this kind of sets up the rest of the draft, honestly, because uh, this is where it starts getting interesting. Um, but with the Giants, I have them taking offensive lineman Tristan Worfs out of Iowa. Um, again, you got Daniel Jones, you got your franchise quarterback, you got your franchise running back and Saquon Barkley. Uh, you do need some receiver help. You do need defensive help. Um, but again, you have to keep Daniel Jones on his feet. You have to keep, you have to clear some holes for, for Saquon Barkley. Uh, and Tristan Wars, you know, this, this going to be debatable with some people. Uh, a lot of people will say, you know, Makai Becton or Jedrick Willis or Andrew Thomas should go in this spot. But to me, Tristan Wars is the best player at this spot. Um, he can play left side, right side, um, big body, uh, doesn't get pushed around. He's got good hands. Uh, I mean, he, it's just a solid pick right here. And again, to me, uh, it's not a clear cut best available, uh, at his position, but I think he's the best fit for this team. Yeah, I agree. The thing with Tristan worse is he's athletic. He can, and like you said, he can play inside, outside. He's a, a plug and play type player that can play right away. And like you said, this, they need wide receiver help, but if you look at this board, this is a deep wide receiver draft. You can get good receivers second, third round, fourth round probably even. Um, so this is this is a no-brainer for me at, at offensive tackle. I think you could have taken a different offensive tackle here, but honestly, this is the, the only position choice. I can honestly see a trade happening here. Obviously, we didn't cover that, but this is the last pick right before the QB run is going to start, so... Uh, expect some trade action to happen here, but if it stands as is, I love the pick. All right, and that brings me to number five, Miami Dolphins. And this was, this was kind of a toss-up to me because I like both these quarterbacks, Tua and Justin Herbert. Um, I think what it boils down to is Tua's deep accuracy, and obviously he's a better playmaker than Justin Herbert. So I've got him going at number five to the Dolphins. Um, we talked about in the last episode that it'd be nice if he could sit for a year. I think he needs it um, with his injury history. So bring back a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, somebody to sit in front of him, teach him a little bit, even bring in a Cam Newton, whatever, for a couple of years. Let Tua sit for a little bit, and he's going to be your franchise quarterback. So I've got the Dolphins going Tua. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I again, I, I think this could go any way right here. I'd be okay with the Dolphins taking Herbert. Uh, I'd be okay with them taking Tua. Um, I think if they do take two, they need to be prepared to sit him for a year. Um, I know he's saying he's healthy. The doctors are saying he's healthy, but he does have an injury history. Um, he's hurt both ankles in college. Um, and then obviously his hip issue. Um, and so, I mean, he, he definitely needs to sit. And this is where we talked about in our last episode. This is where you could bring in uh, a Cam Newton, a Jameis or even trade for an Andy Dalton. You got all that, you know, those excess picks. 
Um, if you could get Andy Dalton for a third or fourth round pick, honestly, um, that could be something to look at potentially, or even a fifth round pick maybe. Um, so I think, you know, if you could bring in that, that veteran quarterback for him to sit behind, uh, and learn from, and they do have, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick there, but, um, if you can get a little bit upgrade so you could still win some games, um, while he sits and learns, I, uh, I think that'd be the best situation, but I do love this pick right here. Here's the other reason I chose Tua for the Dolphins. I feel like the stats are that it's about a 50-50 shot whether your first-round quarterback is going to be a really solid starter for you. The Dolphins may be one of the only teams in this draft that can afford to take that risk. If they take Tua Absolutely. and say it doesn't work out, they got two other first-round draft picks in this this draft. They're not going to miss completely. If you took somebody like the Chargers who have one pick and they take Tua, and it doesn't work out, they're screwed. So uh, I like the Dolphins taking this risk because Tua has a high ceiling. I mean, he's got massive upside. Um, It's just risky with his injury history. So uh, the guy's had wrist injury, ankle injuries. Obviously, he's got his hip. They're now saying GMs are coming out saying that they fear he's going to need a hip replacement here in the future. Um, So he's a huge question mark, but I think the Dolphins can afford to take the risk. Yeah, absolutely. With their with their capital, I think they can definitely afford it. Uh, but I would definitely like to see him bring in a veteran um, as a safety net, honestly. Yeah, for sure. So that brings me to the number six pick with the Chargers. And it is Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon. Um, I've been hearing a lot of, of talk about how he was one of the most inaccurate deep field passers. But I think he's got enough talent. And, you know, you obviously you can't hear you can't take what a lot of these pundits are saying to heart when you look at what they said about Mahomes and some of this stuff. So I think Justin Herbert's a great fit. The Chargers, it's a great need for them. I mean, they've got a veteran in there if they want to sit him for a little bit, but I think Justin Herbert plays this year for the Chargers. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's the same thing. Uh, I I think to me, Justin Herbert has the highest ceiling in this draft. Um, Joe Burrow obviously is a very talented quarterback. Tua Tonga Viola is a very talented quarterback, but I think the highest ceiling, honestly, is Justin Herbert. Um, and if he could be put in the right situation with the right guys, um, I'm not I'm not super turned with the deep ball um concerns that other people have had. Um he's got the arm to throw the ball, um, to throw it deep. He's got good accuracy. Um, I think it's just more of a timing thing, honestly. So uh, I, I mean, to me, I love this pick. I think it's a great pick for the Chargers, and it's a it's a good fit for Herbert. Sure. All right. Well, moving on to pick number seven, uh, the Panthers. Uh, right here, I have Derek Brown, uh, defensive lineman out of Auburn. Um, again, we talked about in the last episode they did lose Gerald McCoy. They lost on Terry Poe um, at that defensive line. Um, they don't have Luke Keekley at middle linebacker anymore. Um, this is, you know, Derek Brown is a is a body that you could plug in uh, to that defensive line, uh, and 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 he could start day one. Um, he fills a need, um, and again, I think this he's to me outside of if you count Chase Young in the same category. To me, pure defensive lineman Derek Brown is is hands down the best defensive lineman in this draft, uh, and I think he's a guy that starts day one um, and becomes one of the best players on your defense by the end of year one. So. Uh, I think it's a it's a pick of need and a pick of just pure talent again. Absolutely, and in that Panthers front, like you said, the loss of Dante Poe, it's just it just makes sense. Like a lot of these picks, 
I, I see all these mock drafts and they're all going crazy on these picks. Some of them are just meant to be like, it just makes sense. This is one of those picks. Like just pick the guy that's the best that fills a hole that you have and move on. I like the pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then going to number eight, we've got uh, the Cardinals there uh, and I've got Makai Becton uh, offensive lineman out of Louisville. And, and I talked about it earlier. I mean, this could be a number of guys here depending on what happens with that number four pick. Uh, but I do love Becton here. Uh, big body, uh, doesn't get pushed around a lot. Uh, he's going to help Kyler Murray stay on his feet, uh, give him time to throw to, to, uh, Deandre Hopkins now. Uh, and regardless of, of whoever they bring in at, at running back to, to play now, um, I know that they're, they're bringing back Kenyon Drake, but they could be looking at a, at another running back, honestly, in the draft. Um, but depending on who's back, they're running the ball. I mean, uh, Becton's definitely going to clear some holes for you. Uh, and again, he makes this offense better and this is a position of need. Uh, and, and regardless of whatever offensive lineman they get at this position, if they go that way, they're going to get a good player, whether it be Willis or Thomas, or if Tristan Worf's take, you know, slides down, uh, whoever they get at this position, it's going to be an upgrade and help that offensive line. But I think Becton is, is the guy for me personally. Absolutely. And, and there, this is such a deep class on offensive linemen. I don't know if you're picking out of the top five, six guys at offensive line, you're not going to miss. I mean, I think they're all really solid. Um, so I like to pick. Uh, my next pick here at number nine was the Jaguars. This was probably my hardest pick of the entire draft. And here's why. We've talked about how they're basically offloading all their players. Uh, they have so many needs here. Corner is a big need after getting rid of Ramsey and Bouye. But at this point in the draft, I feel like you'd be stretching a little bit to get a corner here. Uh, they need D-line. They need edge help. Depending on the Leonard Fournette situation, they might need a running back, but it's still too early to get a running back here. So I've got them taking Jedrick Willis, um, offensive lineman from Alabama. They need offensive line to protect Gardner Minshew. Um, honestly, I see them trading out of this pick. This, this seems like a logical location for maybe um, – the Patriots to move up and, and get a quarterback or somebody like that. This, I feel like this is where they need to start building that draft capital. If you listen to the last episode, we said they're tanking, but they're not getting any draft capital out of it. Trade this, get a first next year, get a first this year. You're starting to build that capital because we know that they're pretty much tanking this year. Um, but if they're picking where they're at at number nine, I've got them taking Jedrick Willis. What do you think? I mean, it, it is a good pick. And like you said, they do need running back help. They need cornerback help. Uh, after cutting Marley, uh, Marquise Lee today, they need, uh, uh, they need wide receiver help. Uh, and and, and I would, we did the mock draft before that news. Otherwise, I might have went a little bit different, but I still like uh, this pick. And, and if they decide to stay there, um, Jedrick Willis, I mean, I think uh, his entire college career, he gave up one sack, I believe. Um, I mean, the, the guy's a phenomenal pass blocker. Uh, could play both sides, you know, right side, left side, doesn't matter. Uh, he's going to help Gardner Minshew out immensely. Uh, and whether it's Leonard Fournette or someone else, uh, I mean, again, he's he's going to help that offensive line. He's going to help that offense. Um, but, I, again, depending on what happens with the Leonard Fournette situation, and now that Marquise Lee's been cut, um, I could see them definitely maybe, you know, taking a, a shot or maybe even moving back a couple spots and – uh and grabbing a C.D. Lamb or a Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, any of those guys. Um, but at the same time, um, you can get an elite running back in the first or in the second round of this draft. You can get an elite receiver in the second round of this draft. So um, 
I don't think that can necessarily be said about offensive line. It is a deep offensive line class, but there's going to be a lot of them gone in the first round. Um, I'd say probably at least five or six gone in the first round. Um, I definitely think you can get running back and receiver immediate impact players in the second round. So I think they could wait for one of those positions. So at number 10, the Browns, uh, this is a, this is a really good pick because I've got Andrew Thomas, offensive lineman from Georgia. A lot of people have him as the number one offensive lineman. Um, and here he, they are getting him at the fourth best offensive lineman at number 10. Um, they also have some needs other places, but what I saw out of the Browns last year is Baker Mayfield making basically snap judgment, bad decisions because he was under pressure. So getting an Andrew Thomas at number 10, protect his blind side. Uh, I think you're going to be a lot better off than say getting a linebacker or D lineman here. Yeah. And, and again, this, this could obviously change. This is another one that could change depending on what happens with, with uh, Odell Beckham. You know, we've heard, you know, rumors that, that they're shopping him and of course they're denying it. But um, if they do make that trade and they, they, uh, they fire through on that trade, this, this whole thing could change again. Um, I do think Andrew Thomas would be the best fit here or just an offensive lineman in general. Um, Andrew Thomas is, I mean, is a phenomenal lineman. Um, he he uh, really helped DeAndre Swift, uh, Jake Fromm, all those guys down in Georgia. Uh, again, this will help Baker Mayfield out, I think, immensely. Uh, he he will keep him on his feet, give him, you know, maybe at least time to, to look at two receivers rather than just one. Um, that'd definitely be better for him, I think. So, uh, but depending on what happens with the Odell Beckham trade, this is another one that could, that could easily change here over the next few days. But um, if, if things stay as they are, I think this is the best fit for him. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I thought of when the Jags and the Browns, um, if you got a young quarterback, you got to give him time. At, the, at that point, they're not the quickest readers in there. So like the Jags, if they're, if they're wanting to give Gardner Minshew a true shot, to be successful they've got to protect his blind side and the same thing with baker mayfield like if you want him to truly develop into a good uh, reading the defense just a great decision passer you got to protect him so that's why i went those two all right number 11 the jets uh, this is where things get a little interesting because uh, wide receivers are going to start flying off the board here i've got them taking cd lamb wide receiver from oklahoma what do you think yeah, I mean, it, it, this is this is like the offensive lineman, you know, with the with these receivers. I don't, I think, regardless of who you get, you're going to get a, an impact player. I mean, wide receiver to me is the deepest position in this class, at least in the first three rounds, um, because I think the receivers go honestly twelve to fifteen deep uh, in this draft class, and and to me. I think, you know, even down at number 10, 11, 12, a lot of those guys in most years would be high first round picks. Um, but it's so deep this year that some of them are going to slide to the second or even the third round. So um, I think no matter who you get in this draft at those positions, you're getting an impact player. And I, I and as much as I hate to say it, C.D. Lamb is, is a, I think, going to be a phenomenal uh, receiver in the NFL. Um, he is an Oklahoma guy. I'm a Texas fan. So I, you know, I dislike it. but. Um, I got to respect it. So uh, CD lamb, again, he's a burner. He's, he's kind of in that Tyree kill mold, not quite as fast as Tyree kill, but he probably runs a little bit better routes than Tyreek did coming out of college. Um, and, and so I think for uh, Sam Darnold, this is a huge addition. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things that we talked about too. It's just like in an offensive line. If you want a young QB to be good, you got to actually have a receiver. And honestly, 
no matter what people say, I didn't think Robbie Anderson was ever a true number one receiver. Uh, so getting uh, Darnold a true number one is going to be phenomenal for him. So love that pick. Um, let's go to the next pick, the Raiders. And this is where the run happens because I've got them taking Jerry Judy, wide receiver from Alabama at 12. Um, what do you think of this? That's the third Alabama player taken in the top 12. Um, yeah, I mean, this to me is is outside of Jer- Joe Burrow at number one and Chase Young at number two. Um, if Jerry Judy is there at number 12, this is the surest pick I I am sure of uh, in this draft. I believe the Raiders will. guarantee it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I am willing to bet uh, one month of Keith's salary that <laughs> the Raiders take Jerry Judy here if he's available. Uh, I mean, he's to me just overall talent wise. I think he's the best receiver in, in, in the draft. Um, he runs great routes. He's, he's, I mean, he's, he's fast. Uh, he's got good size, good hands. Uh, and he's, and he's a winner. Uh, I mean, obviously you don't play at Alabama and not win. Um, and so that's something I think the, uh, the, the Raiders are going to use here or could, could use here. Um, so I think again, this is, to me, this is the absolute, I mean, most slam dunk pick out of those top two, honestly, if he's there, I think the Raiders take him 100%. Absolutely. If, if Derek Carr is their QB, uh, give him another weapon. Love it. He hasn't really had a true receiver since Amari Cooper, but even then Amari Cooper didn't really deliver in Oakland. So uh, it's going to be interesting in Vegas to see what happens to Derek Carr. If he gets this guy. Absolutely. For sure. All right, well, moving on to uh, my next pick. I have the 49ers. This is the pick that they gained from the Colts for in the uh, DeForest-Buckner trade. Um, and this, uh, again, to kind of keep the receiver run going uh, and, the, and the Alabama run going, honestly, uh, I'm looking at Henry Ruggs, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, again, this is – everyone's kind of looking for that next Tyreek Hill. Uh, and, and I said C.D. Lamb is in that same mold, not quite as fast, but runs better routes than than Tyreek did coming out of college. Uh, Henry Ruggs is is more of that Tyreek style. I, I mean, if they were to run a foot race coming out of college, I mean, you're talking a matter of inches that Tyreek Hill would beat him by. Uh, I mean, this guy is 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 a burner for sure. Uh, and, and again, I mean, everyone's looking for that next Tyreek Hill, and there there are rumors that. Uh, that uh, the 49ers are looking to trade Marquise Goodwin, uh, which is their, you know, their deep threat right now. Uh, so if they do trade him, then they are going to be looking for someone to replace him, uh, whether it be in the slot or on the outside. Uh, so this pits again, it just makes sense for me. Uh, they need weapons for Garoppolo uh, and everyone is looking for that, that Tyree kill the next Tyree kill. So this just makes sense at this pick. I love the pick, love the player. Uh, the thing I dislike about it is, him in that offense i don't you know after seeing them in the super bowl and everything it's a run first offense i want to see this guy play with somebody like a pat mahomes you know somebody who's going to sling the ball to him i don't think jimmy garoppolo is that guy yet but this guy has all the talent to to be a stud so hopefully they can get him going in maybe the wide receiver screen games some crossing routes i just don't think jimmy garoppolo is gonna be hitting him deep although i'd love to see it happen but i love the pick yeah yeah i mean to me it's it's i think a a way to even if it's just to stretch the field a little bit uh, and open up some of those running lanes and open up some of those underneath throws. Um, I mean, uh, he could be a decoy player, honestly, but yeah, again, I think it just makes sense for what this offense needs at the moment. For certain. 
Then moving on to number 14. Um, this is a guy I talked about at number four that depending on who the Giants take here, it could cause some people to slide. This is the guy, unfortunately, that kind of slid down the draft the draft board for us. Uh, it's Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson. Um, again, a phenomenal player. I think he's the number one linebacker uh, in the draft. Again, not counting Chase Young because he's more of an edge player. Um, but pure linebacker in this draft, I, th- I think uh, Isaiah Simmons is, is the best the the best linebacker in this draft um a lot of people are saying they need offensive line or they need a running back or um something like that to help tom brady out but um tom brady's proven time and time again that that it doesn't really matter who's around him he's going to put up good numbers and he's going to win uh he's got mike evans he's got chris godwin uh they've got some good tight ends there um the running backs aren't in in a bad situation and again you're going to be able to get a great running back in the second round so i think here um taking an impact defensive player uh, especially when you put them next to David and guys like that on that defense. Uh, I, I think that could turn them into potentially one of the best linebacking cores in, in uh, all of football, honestly, if they get Simmons here. So um, to me, it's, it, uh, it may be a bit of a stretch because he may not slide this far, but if he's there, the Buccaneers will take him, I think. And that's the crazy part to me because when you look at his true rank, he's like the third-ranked player in this draft. But we've got him sliding all the way to 14 just strictly off a of need. Um, I mean, he could go to some somebody like the Panthers, but I think you're right on. Uh, I didn't have linebacker as a real need for them, but when a player of this caliber slides right into your lap, you almost don't have a choice. Just pull the trigger on it. Like you said, they've got um, already a bunch of good linebackers. This is going to make the, their defense phenomenal. Um, I, it still puzzles me that he even slid this far, but uh, weirder things have happened, and I like the pick. And, and again, I mean, there there could be teams like the – I mean, if the Giants don't take him, I don't think the Dolphins are taking him. I don't think the Chargers are taking him. The Panthers may take him to replace Keekly, but I'm not 100% sold on that. Uh, the Panthers, I don't uh, – sorry, the Cardinals, uh, the Jaguars, the Browns, none of those guys I see taking him. Uh, and then the teams ahead of him, uh, you know, the Jets, the Raiders, and the 49ers. I mean, again, I, I think all of those teams are going to be looking for offensive help, so – uh, it just makes sense. Again, this isn't a knock on Isaiah Simmons. I think, like you said, he's the, you know, a top five talent in this draft. It's just a, he slid out of just sheer need. Um, and if the Buccaneers get him at number 14, then, you know, that good for them. That's a, again, that is a, that, yeah, that could a be the ste- draft pick from the, yeah, yeah, for certain. Yeah. I mean, that, that could be the steal of the draft, honestly. So, um, We'll, we'll see. I mean, this is this is a, a what-if situation, honestly, because a lot of things have to happen for him to end up here. So number 15, I've got the Denver Broncos. This is an interesting pick because word on the street right now is that they are going to try to trade up because their want right now is one of the three wide receivers we just went over. But in our draft here, all three of those wide receivers are gone. So the pick to me that makes the most sense, they lost Chris Harris to the Chargers. Sign C.J. Henderson here, or draft C.J. Henderson here, defensive back out of Florida. Um, I think he can plug right in and be a starting corner for him right away at 15. What do you think? Absolutely. C.J. Henderson, is a, he's an interesting pick because I've seen him go as high as the Broncos here uh, in other mock drafts, and I've seen him slide as low as 50, or uh, 25. Uh, I, I think from a, just a sheer talent standpoint, he he's a great uh, – He's a great cornerback. This is a position of need. I could see him, like you said, if one of those receivers slipped to him, I think they're going to take a receiver. But in our draft, they're all gone, uh, those those big three. 
and so I think from a, a need standpoint, they need someone to pair up with AJ Boye uh, on the other side. Uh, so I think this is this is a great pick by uh, by the Broncos here. Couldn't agree more. Sadly. <laughs> All right, so moving on to uh, the Falcons, and and uh, anyone that listens to the show knows that uh, I'm pretty hard on Dan Quinn uh, for being a defensive guy that has terrible defenses. Um, but the best way to to help that honestly is to get good defensive players, and this who I have him taken here is uh, Xavier McKinney, a defensive back out of Alabama. So we have another Alabama guy going here. That's five. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, again, I think from a safety standpoint, I think he's the best safety in the draft. Um, this is a guy I was kind of hoping was going to slide to the Cowboys uh, at number 17. But now that they got haha Clinton Dix, I'm not as concerned with it. And uh, I don't think they'll be looking for that uh, secondary help uh, or that the safety help, at least at this uh, when they draft. So um, I do think Xavier McKinney in that, that Falcons defense could be a huge help for him. Um, he fills a need, obviously. Uh, and it, it gives, uh, you know, Dan Quinn, you know, someone to actually play with on on defense and maybe start building a new uh, uh, Legion of Boom down there in in, uh, in Atlanta. So um, I think just out of sheer need, this is this is the right pick for them. Yeah, I like I like the pick. Uh, it, it's blown my mind. A third of our players drafted right now are Alabama players, but um, no, it something's got to give. I mean, when you have a guy that is known for the Legion of Boom, like you said, you got to build it. So uh, they got, you know, I would have thought maybe running back or something like that, but then they signed Todd Gurley. Who knows what he's going to bring to the table. Uh, This just makes sense here. He's a great defensive back. It's going to bolster that secondary. I love it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and this, to me, it's got to be a make-or-break season. So the, the only way they're going to get any better is by improving that defense. And this is where it starts is with, with uh, McKinney here at this pick. So, um, But moving on, we got the Cowboys um, at number 17 here. And, and they need – there's I don't think there's anything they're dying for in terms of need at the moment. Um, they do need a, a cornerback uh, – to replace Byron Jones, but there's rumors going around that they're going to sign Drake Kirkpatrick, which kind of fills that hole a little bit. Um, I think if CJ Henderson slips to him at this pick, they, I could see him taking him. Um, they need a, a center to replace Travis Fed, uh, Frederick. Uh, they could potentially be looking for some wide receiver help uh, to replace Randall Cobb in the slot. Um, but again, none of them are are dire needs. They have people to fill all those spots. They could just get better is all. Um, so at this pick, what I, who I have them taken uh, uh, is Kalevon Chason, uh, the uh, edge player out of LSU. Um, this is a guy that can rush the passer. Um, I think he's one of the best pass rushers in the entire draft, honestly. Um, but he can also, he's one of those few edge players that can legitimately drop back uh, into coverage and, and hold his own in coverage. Uh, he's an athletic guy, uh, great team player, great attitude. Uh, he can play in the three, four, he can play in the four, three, doesn't matter. Um, he's good enough to play a defensive end position. He's good enough to play linebacker. Uh, and with who they have at, you know, the defensive line and who they have at linebacker, um, I don't think he'll come in and be expected to, to, uh, make a huge impact right off the bat. I think he's just more of a, uh, really just, just, you know, strengthening a strength already. Um, this isn't really necessarily a need position. They've got good pass rushers. They've got great linebackers. Um, this is just going to make them better uh, than what they already are. Um, so I, I, to me, this kind of makes sense at this pick. 
Yeah, they need they need somebody to disrupt. I mean, they've got they've got a really solid defense. It wasn't as good at times last year as it was the year before, but uh, they just need somebody to disrupt. And their offense is good enough right now. It's kind of alarming that they didn't get more wins than they did already. So get somebody in there, disrupt, and sack some guys, and you're going to be great. And 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 just to kind of cover them just a, a little bit. I mean, their linebackers they they still have. Uh, Sean Lee's coming back who he's still, you know, when he's healthy, he's still a solid linebacker. Uh, they've got Jalen Smith, they've got Van Der Esch. Uh, and so if they add chase on as a linebacker there, uh, I mean, he can develop playing, playing alongside Sean Lee, honestly, uh, on that outside. Um, but they could also have him at defensive end opposite Demarcus Lawrence, um, or rotating in there with Demarcus Lawrence. And, and if Gregory and Alden Smith, and now they got Gerald McCoy who could come in and play defensive end or defensive tackle, um, and so they've got, you know, they got Tyrone, uh, Tyrone Crawford there. Um, and so again, this is just this front seven, I think for the Cowboys is one of the best front sevens in all of football. And this is just kind of strengthening that, um, even more and just becoming more dominant, honestly. Um, so I think this, again, this, a great pick. Yeah. So at number 18, the Dolphins, this is from the Steelers, um, this is an interesting pick to me because I got them taking Josh Jones, offensive lineman out of Houston here. Um, at number five, they drafted Tua. So here they're drafting. They signed Trey Flowers if they lost Laramie Tunsil. So they got a, another offensive lineman in free agency. This is just building up that offensive line because much like we said with the other teams, if you're going to develop a young quarterback, you need to keep him standing upright, especially one that has injury history. So uh, to me, I think Josh Jones, maybe last year's draft is probably a top 10 pick. But because there's four other really good offensive linemen in this draft, he gets kind of slid down here, number eighteen, but still an excellent, excellent pick. Yeah, for for sure. And and again, like you said, they they got Flowers in there. They they traded Lar- uh, Laramie Tunzel before last season, so they need offensive linemen in there to to help keep uh, Tonga Viola or whoever they take at that that spot standing. Really. So um, again, I think this is a phenomenal pick. He's a good player. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he transitions to the NFL. Um, Houston, you know, they don't, they're not one of the power five conferences. So, uh, the talent that he goes against every week is an elite, like some of the other guys ahead of him, which is probably why he slipped a little bit. Um, but I think this is a solid pick. I think he's going to do fine down in, down in Miami. All right. Then at 19, I got the Raiders picking here. This was the bears pick that they gave up for uh, Khalil Mack. And I've got them taking Patrick Queen, linebacker from LSU here. Uh, there's actually a lot of needs here. We saw them pick up Jerry Judy to help that out. They could go corner. They could go D-line. Um, but I like them taking a linebacker here. They need help in the the middle of that defense, and I think he's going to fill that spot well for them. Absolutely. And again, I mean, we're talking about LSU um, defending national champions. They obviously were loaded with talent. Um, and, and again, this is, this is a need. This is something that they need. Um, I, I think uh, uh, the Raiders, one of their biggest weaknesses, honestly, was that, that defense. Uh, and now they do have some players that missed last season or most of last season. Some, one of their first round picks last year, I think got hurt week one or week two and missed the rest of the season. So um, they're bringing some players back. Um, but adding someone like a Patrick queen, um, at this spot, I think is, is going to be a huge help. Honestly, uh, he's a, he's a great linebacker can move sideline to sideline has solid pass coverage. Uh, and I think he's going to be a plug and play day one kind of guy. Absolutely. So at number 20, I got the Jaguars picking here. This is from Rams that they gave up for Jalen Ramsey. 
and I've got them taking Javon Kinlaw, defensive lineman from South Carolina. This guy is huge. They've already got offensive line help earlier in this draft um, with Jedrick Willis. This is on the defensive side, filling in Calais Campbell. They've, they've lost a lot of guys. Uh, this is honestly, just like we've been saying the whole time, this is like a plug-and-play thing. They needed a D lineman. This guy's going to come in and plug that hole really well. I mean, they're they're again, like you talked about, they they lost Campbell and they're they're talking about trading Yannick. Um, this is a guy six five, three hundred and twenty pounds. Um, I think to me, he's the best uh, interior pass rusher in this entire draft. Um, I mean, he he's he's a guy. He's a big body. He's going to come in, start play day one. He's going to make an immediate impact. Uh, fill that you know, fill those gaps on uh, on the defensive line and put pressure on the quarterback. So. Um, this is a need out of just getting rid of guys that you had at that position or on that defensive line. This is a, a need because of that, honestly. And, uh, and this fills one of those needs. So, um, again, to me, uh, I could see him honestly going high. I could see him going as high as 14 or 15. Um, but if he slips to the Jaguars at this point, they got to take him. Absolutely. All right. So at number uh, 21 we're kind of going on a bit of a uh you know we had our alabama run earlier now we're going to be on a bit of a lsu run we've had chase on and we've had queen come off the board in the last few picks um now with the eagles at at uh 21 uh, i have them taking justin jefferson wide receiver on lsu and we talked about you know wide receivers is so deep in this draft um that that uh again i could see justin jefferson slipping this far and, and to me justin jefferson in a lot of years would be the best the best receiver in uh, in the draft honestly but uh justin jefferson can run he uh clean routes uh he's going to help uh carson Wentz out down there they had a big issue last year they actually lost a couple games because of drop passes last year um this guy has good hands uh, again, runs good routes, and he's going to be an immediate help for Carson Wentz in that offense. Uh, and I think Doug Peterson is going to know how to use him. So um, this feels, uh, to me, the biggest need on the on the Eagles is at that wide receiver position, uh, and and he's going to fill that hole for sure. Absolutely. I mean, last year was even rough watching uh, Nelson Aguilar try to catch anything, watching some of these things happen. They just didn't have any sure hands at the wide receiver position. So I uh, can agree more with the pick. And, and I, I, again, they, I mean, to me, I, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I kind of loved it personally, but um, <laughs> all, all things aside, um, you know, this is, this is something that, that Carson Wentz needs this is something that the, the offense needs. Um, and, and I think he's going to be a great player for the Eagles. Um, and then kind of moving on um, to the Vikings. This is uh, one of the picks that they got in the Stefan Diggs uh, trade with the bills. Um uh, at number 22, um, again, another LSU player. We got Christian Fulton uh, playing defensive back here. Um, I think this is, uh, again, their defense is a good defense. Um, they've got good secondary players. They did lose uh, uh, Xavier uh, Rhodes. So I think this is a guy that you're going to bring in. He's got a lot of experience at LSU, um, playing in some really good defenses down there. Uh, he's going to be joining a really good defense in the NFL here. Uh, so I think, again, just out of need, um, this is this is what they got to go with is, is Christian Fulton. I think he's going to be the best available player for him at that point. Yeah, for certain. And I mean, they they've lost a couple. They also lost Trey Waynes this year uh, to the Bengals, so they yeah. lost two key players in the secondary. Uh, again, this the way this is falling, it just makes sense. I mean, this is the perfect pick for their for their spot right here at twenty two. All right, and this one was the tough one. Number 23, the New England Patriots. 
Um, I got to say, there was a couple of them I liked here. I liked Kenneth Murray. I liked a, a couple of the wide receivers left available. But I think they have to take Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State here. I feel like I would be happy if they didn't, and they took Jacob Eason in the second round. But where they're picking in the second round, I feel like they could miss out on him there. And I think they have to take a quarterback in this draft to start building towards the future. Uh, I don't think Bill Belichick wants to take another five, ten years to find their next quarterback. So Jordan Love has a lot of upside. He's kind of that Patrick Mahomes-esque, not talent-wise per se, but a guy that has the talent and is just raw. He just needs developed. So I don't think there's anyone better than Bill Belichick at this point to do that. So I got them taking Jordan Love here. I think this is a good pick for me. This is where Jordan love belongs. A lot of people have him going in the top 10 or just, you know, outside maybe at that 11 or 12 spot. Um, um, if there are some trades made, um, but to me, this is where Jordan love kind of belongs in the, in that 20 spot going to a team like the Patriots. Um, we talked about in the last episode, them signing a quarterback, like a, uh, a Cam Newton or, or a, uh, you know, trading for an Andy Dalton, getting a Jameis Winston. Uh, Jordan Love is definitely a quarterback like Mahomes his first year, I think. Um, uh, Mahomes is a great quarterback, but there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think Mahomes had to sit for that first year. Um, he needed to learn from a guy like Alex Smith. Uh, and I think uh, Jordan Love needs to learn. He needs to sit. He needs to get his timing down and learn the offense uh, and learn some decision-making, honestly. Um, and so I think for him, it'd be beneficial to sit for a year. And in, in New England, I think he could, um, if they could play him sporadically in some games, whether they're up big or down big, um, I think that could be beneficial, but I don't think he should be starting games his first year. Uh, so he definitely needs to sit for a year, but I love the pick right here. All right. 24, the saints, who'd you take? Yeah, the the uh, Saints uh, twenty four again. I think offensively they're they're perfect. I don't think they need to adjust anything. They've got good running backs. They got good receivers. Uh, they you know receiver could be a little bit. Um, they could add a little bit there. Um, but again, this is such a deep receiver class. I think they could wait till the second round to do that. Uh, so I have them take him, taking taking uh, Kenneth uh, Murray linebacker out of Oklahoma. Uh, again, I think he's talent wise. I think he's phenomenal. Uh, I could see him going higher than this, honestly. Um, again, if he slips to this point, they got to take him. It's going to help the defense out Im- uh, immediately. Uh, he's an impact player, going to start day one, I believe. Uh, and again, I just I don't think they need. There's not an immediate need that they need at offense that they should waste a first round pick on. Uh, so this is a best available um, player situation, honestly. And and this is to me, this is a great fit for both sides. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, their offense is is record breaking. They're rolling. They got the best wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the game. They got Alvin Kamara, obviously Drew Brees. I think this is shore up that defense because as we've seen a couple of times in the playoffs, that defense needs to step up. So love the pick. Uh, yeah. And then uh, moving on to the next pick uh, 25 uh, the Vikings. Again, uh, we have them. I have them taking Brandon Ayuk out of uh, Arizona state. Uh, wide receiver. They got to replace Stephon Diggs. They need some, you know, someone else for for uh, uh, Kirk Cousins to throw to. Um, again, this is uh, this is just kind of a best available and a need situation here. Um, again, they got to replace Stephon Diggs. I think he's a good fit here. He's got good size. He's got good. 
in good hands. Uh, he's played he played down in Arizona State with Herm Edwards, so he's going to have a good work ethic. Uh, you know that guy, whether he's in the NFL or college, I mean, he he runs a tight ship, honestly. Uh, and all those guys usually have pretty good work ethic, so I think he's going to come in, he's going to play hard, uh, and make a make an impact day one, I believe. Yeah, I like the pick. I mean, I couldn't believe they got rid of Stefan Diggs. Actually, I could because the way he acted last year, but that's losing a really good player. But getting out of it, I mean, they're getting the a wide receiver back, plus they're getting the defensive back that they need um, with the loss of Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne. So, yeah, I love the pick. And and honestly, with this pick, too, uh, one thing to look at, it, it, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, one thing he he does excel in, um, are the, those kind of short to intermediate passes. Uh, and this guy is, is a monster in terms of yards after catch. Um, I mean, he's one of those guys that you could throw, you know, a, a five to six yard slant to him and he could easily turn it, turn it into a 15 yard play, um, because of his yak yards. Um, and so with that, I think that's going to fit with, with, uh, Thielen. I think that's going to fit with Kirk cousins and with how that offense is run. Um, I, I think it's just a good fit here, honestly. Absolutely. So 26, I got the Dolphins, and this is coming from the Texans with the Laramie Tunsil trade. Um, honestly, this draft, if I'm the Dolphins, couldn't be playing out any better. Got my franchise quarterback at number five with Tua. I got a franchise offensive lineman at number 18 with Josh Jones. Now I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor, running back Wisconsin here. Uh, best running back on the board. Uh, some of his concerns were that he wasn't that quick, but then at the combine, he blazed in his 40. He's a big guy. Uh, Saquon Barkley type guy had a ton of production at Wisconsin and even though they got Jordan Howard in free agency the tandem of those two in the backfield is going to be fantastic for them yeah for sure and I and I, I do like this pick um, I think to me I think running back they could potentially wait till the early second round um, to get Taylor I think if they don't take him I, be, I could see Taylor slipping to the early second um, and then even if they don't get Taylor at this pick or get Taylor at all, there's DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins and those guys in the second round um, that I believe will be there, um, whether it be with the early second round pick or with uh, I think it's the 56th pick overall in the draft uh, in the second round. Uh, I think either way, whether it be with this pick or in the second round, they're definitely walking away with a running back, um, just a matter of who. But if they end up with Jonathan Taylor at this pick, I feel confident that's a good pick. Uh, to me, he was the best running back in college football last year. I think he's the best running back prospect in this draft. Uh, as, as, again, this, this fills a big need, and now they got their franchise quarterback. They've got a franchise-level offensive lineman and a franchise-level uh, running back, so they just filled you know, three big needs on offense. Yeah, and another thing that made me confident in this pick is I feel like they need some wide receiver help too, but this wide receiver draft is so deep in the second round. I feel like aiming for somebody like a Jalen Rager or somebody in the second round, you're going to get just, I mean, your entire offense can be rebuilt and retooled. And I just, the size and speed combo, Jonathan Taylor, I just don't, don't think I could pass it up. I mean, again, I think I could see him slip into the second, but um, I think it's a, a, I think it's a solid pick picking right here also. All right, so moving on to the Seahawks at number 27, uh, I have them taking Ezra Cleveland offensive lineman out of Boise state. Um, again, they kind of need a little help in, in a few places, but they're not looking for an immediate kind of, kind of the same situation as the Cowboys. There's not a need that they're in complete dire situation of. Um, so I do, you know, Ezra Cleveland, Boise state, 
he's a good offensive lineman that we talked about. The depth of this offensive line class is great. Um, I, I think he's going to come in, make an immediate impact. He's going to be able to, he could play right side, left side, uh, help protect Russell Wilson. Um, good pass protector, solid run blocker. Uh, and again, coming out of Boise state, which is a, is a great program that really a lot of their talent translates to the NFL. Um, they make easy transitions, guys like Leighton Van Der Esch and things like that. So, uh, it's a well-run program. I think he's going to come into another, uh, well-run program in Seattle uh, and be able to make an immediate impact. For sure. And, and one of the benefits he has would be playing with Russell Wilson, who can scramble around and escape the pocket and move. So um, he may not be as polished as some of these other offensive linemen, but I think uh, having Russell Wilson as your quarterback is going to help that out. Yeah, for sure. All right. So at 28 with the Ravens, I don't feel like, obviously, everyone watched the Ravens last year, number one overall team in the NFL. They don't need a lot of positions, but linebacker is a need and Zach Bond from Wisconsin's right here. The thing I like about Wisconsin guys, they're tough. I mean, they're just tough guys, whether it's their offensive linemen or linebackers, these guys play tough. And I feel like that's the Ravens defense. And that's how it's always been back with Ray Lewis and everything. And I feel like he's an excellent fit here. Absolutely. And the, and the good thing with Bond is, is again, I mean, he, he kind of fits that chase on or, or chase young uh, style where he is, you know, he's technically, he's an edge player, um, who can play linebacker, um, or you could say he's a linebacker who could play the edge. Uh, I mean, he, he could play either one, uh, and he's a smart player. He's got versatility. He's smart. And like you said, from, uh, coming from Wisconsin, I mean, those guys, Wisconsin kind of runs a little bit like the Patriots. I mean, that's a, a tough, hard nosed, uh, program that they have up there. So him going into, to, uh, uh him going at this pick, isn't going to be, isn't really going to be anything crazy. I mean, the Ravens, he's going to, he's going to transition there perfectly, uh, he's going to fill a need for him, uh, and he's going to give him some versatility. So uh, I think this, again, this is a great pick. All right, now 29 with the Titans. Uh, please forgive me for probably butchering this name, but I've got them taking Yatur Gross Matos, maybe, from Penn State <laughs> Edge Rusher. Um, I don't know much about him. I've seen some of the tape on him, and I've seen that he's a stud, and there's a lot of people that are saying that uh, even the Cowboys are looking at him way earlier in the draft. So I could see him going earlier, but I think pass rush is a need for the Titans. And uh, especially if they keep their core together with uh, Derek Henry and Ryan Tannehill and all these guys getting an edge rusher in there is going to put them uh, even further into the playoffs than they were last year. So that's what I like right here at this pick. Yeah. And, and, and the thing with gross Matos is, is he's not, he hasn't, he hasn't, he's got a lot of room to grow, honestly. Uh, he was a beast at, at Penn State, but he's got a lot of room to grow. He hasn't hit his potential yet. Uh, he's got great size. He's 6'5", 260. Uh, he's going to be able to bulk up a little bit and probably keep his speed. Uh, Mike Vrabel, I mean, the guy's a defensive guy. Uh, he's going to know how to use him. He's going to know where to put him. Again, this is going to be a big body guy that they can put up front, um, use on that pass rush, uh, and, and really disrupt some of those AFC South quarterbacks. Um uh, which will you know be interesting to see how some of those guys play. So uh, we see what happens when Philip Rivers gets some pressure on him. He tends to make some bad uh, some bad throws, and we don't you know Gardner Minshew is still only going into his second year, uh, and you definitely want to get 
uh, Deshaun Watson scrambling, you know, potentially to make some bad throws. Obviously, you don't want him scrambling for big yards, but if you could put some pressure on him and, and force him to make some bad throws, you definitely need that. So uh, I gotta say, that if this, there was a year for the Titans to to step up, it's going to be this year because the Jags are tanking. Houston, you know, they're doing what they think is right, but it's also tanking. And then obviously the Colts are their only challenger, really. And yeah, this yeah, is a great so- year for the Titans. Yeah, and, and and again, if they make it to the playoffs again, and you play someone like a Mahomes um, or, or anyone like that, really, uh, you're going to want to put. I mean, the one time that Mahomes struggles is when he does get pressure on him and he has nowhere to escape. Um, he tends to make some bad choices at that uh, in those moments um, from time to time. Uh, so, I mean, t- in order to do that, though, you got to have people that can put pressure on him, and and, uh, and this is definitely a guy that can do that for sure. Uh, and then moving on. Uh, uh, to the Packers at number 30. Um, again, they, they've got some other holes here, but I think at this point um, they need to address the wide receiver position. They need someone there to go with Adams uh, and Denzel Mims out of Baylor uh, wide receiver um, gives uh, Aaron Rodgers another target, gives them, gives them a body to throw to um, again, this is a deep receiver class. And so Denzel Mims being the fifth, sixth, seventh receiver off the board at this point, um, uh, isn't a knock against him. It's nothing that the Packers fans should worry about. Uh, cause this is a great receiver. Um, uh, I mean, I'm a big 12 fan, big 12 is all about offense. Everyone knows that. Uh, and this guy can play, this guy can play with anyone in the league or in the country, I believe. Uh, and I think he's going to be a guy that Aaron Rodgers is going to love to have. Uh, the only, the only worry I have is how he's going to adjust to some of that cold weather, you know, up in Wisconsin. Um, that'll be kind of interesting to see, but, um, I think he'll be, I think he'll transition fine. I think he's going to do great for Aaron Rodgers. I think this is a solid pick for him. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those things too. It's, this is, I don't want to say there's a window here, but Aaron Rodgers has a few years left at most. You need to get him some weapons because I mean, Geronimo Allison, and Adams, then half of them are dinged up all the time, and a washed-up Jimmy Graham last year. They just didn't have any real weapons. That's why the run game performed so well, because that's pretty much what they had to do. Um, when you have a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers, you need to put the receivers around him. So I love the pick. Yeah, and, and again, Adams uh, – sorry, not Adams, Mims. Um, kind of like Gross Matos, uh, it, he's he's a raw player. Um, he he's a raw player with a lot of potential. He needs to be kind of built up a little bit. Um, but I think with Rogers there and Adams there to learn from, uh, I don't think that's going to be too big of an issue. I think by midseason when he really starts getting a grasp of the offense uh, and Aaron Rodgers gets comfortable with him and he gets comfortable with Aaron Rodgers uh, and how he plays and how he moves. Uh, I think this could be, you know, second half of the season. I think he could he could make a huge uh, a huge jump up those fantasy boards. Honestly, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then at the the uh, number thirty one pick, this is this is my last pick of the draft. Um, I have uh, the forty ers taking Ross Blacklock, uh, defensive tackle out of TCU. Um, this is a guy that, looking at other mock drafts, he's going to go anywhere from you know the the high 20s uh to the high second round um he's i mean i'm a tcu fan i'm a texas fan i'm a tcu fan um this guy can can flat out play uh and and uh the 49ers have a need for him here they traded deforest buckner uh which left a big hole um and, and i mean the guy the guy's really i mean he's he's kind of a spark plug he's an energy player uh he's got good size for an inside 
uh, player. He's not going to be the biggest guy. He's 6'3", 290. Uh, typically, you look for a little bit bigger than that. But like I said, he's high energy, uh, doesn't give up on plays, uh, great teammate, uh, and he just gets results, honestly. So, um, again, I think this is a guy that's going to help them out. He's going to fill that need or that hole that DeForest Buckner left behind uh, and make an immediate impact on this 49ers team. Yeah, and this one I got to give John Lynch credit, or I guess you because you drafted him. But the thing I like about seeing these guys, so 49ers were in the Super Bowl, and a lot of these teams are selling out, and they've given away all their draft capital to get to the Super Bowl. 49ers have two draft picks, and they lost – to Forrest Buckner, but they draft this guy to replace him and they get Henry Ruggs out of it. So it's just smart uh, general manager is what it is because you basically went from playing in the Super Bowl, losing a great player to getting that great player back plus another great player. Um, it's how you come out on top. Maybe Bill O'Brien should learn a thing or two. You don't have to sell your entire team out, even and they weren't even in the Super Bowl or anything good. So uh, I love what they're doing there. Didn't like uh, him as a, a John Lynch as a player, but love him as as a GM. And and, and I mean the the one concern I do have with the 49ers is they they are missing a second, third, and fourth round pick. Um, but I think having two first rounds kind of makes up for that. Again, you're getting Henry Ruggs, you're getting Ross Blacklock, um, you're gaining two impact players there, and they are apparently rumors are saying that they're shopping. Um, guys like D4, they're shopping uh, Quan Alexander, Marquise Goodwin, uh, guys like that to potentially gain some some draft picks to get a second or a third or a fourth uh, or multiple thirds or multiple fourths, um, which I think would be, you know, to me, honestly, kind of a smart idea. Um, they can gain some of that draft capital back and maybe get multiple draft picks out of them, um, some of those guys at least. So, um, but again, if you don't do anything, I think Henry Ruggs, Blacklock, they're going to do, I mean, that's huge impact and they, they, uh, fill big holes for him. Absolutely. So the 32 pick the chiefs, um, obviously I love seeing this, you know, them picking dead last in the first round because that means we won a Super Bowl. but this is also the position I've waited forever for them to be in. And it's what the new England Patriots were in year in and year out. And that's, they have won a Super Bowl, they've been successful, and they don't really have a lot of uh, glaring needs. They could go into the season tomorrow with no draft picks from this and be a really good team, returning 20 of 22 starters. So uh, this is what I like to call the luxury pick. They could pick anyone here. I had them looking at linebacker, but you know, linebacker kind of tapers off after the ones we've already got off the board. So I had them skip that. They could go running back. Although I'm a believer in, uh, I think Damian Williams is serviceable enough to where you spend this draft pick on a corner. So I have them taking Trevon Diggs from Alabama cornerback, Stephon Diggs' brother. Um, we know he's talented. He, he's a guy that I wanted from the get-go. So as I watched this draft unfold and he was sitting there at 32, I was just salivating over it because uh, there are some other positions that they need stuff on. But I really believe that if – they started the season with with Trevon Diggs in the cornerback room. It's going to be better because they got um, Rashad Breeland back. They did lose Kendall Fuller. Um, they've got Traverius Ward. I mean, they're going to have a, a solid set of corners here, and this guy could be a good one for years to come. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I talked about in the last the the last episode. You know, I didn't want them getting too uh, you know too uh, stagnant, really too content. 
um, on the roster that they have. And I talked about their, their, if they do have weaknesses, it is the linebacker and it is the secondary. Uh, and this, this does fill a need. You know, I like Bashan Breland. I like Tredavious Ward. I like those guys. Um, but Diggs can come in and, and be an improvement. He could help that secondary. Um, he's a great player, um, fills a hole. Again, they don't really have a lot of them. I could see him maybe going after, again, uh, interior linemen. I could see him going after. Um, but like you said, with the linebackers, they do kind of taper off just a little bit, uh, running back, you know, I like Damian Williams. He's, he's serviceable. Um, but again, they can get a running back in the second round. So I don't think they need to waste a a high first or a late first round pick on a running back. Um, so I think this is, this is a great pick. Honestly, I think he's going to come in immediately help the chiefs, uh, and, and make them even better than they already are. And I would honestly be totally fine if they traded out of the first round. Um, you know, there might be some teams that are desperate to trade back into the first to get that guy that they uh, are scared to lose in the second round. Maybe even a guy that's trying to get a running back and they're wanting DeAndre Swift here might trade up for the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't have a ton of draft picks this draft, um, so I'd be totally fine with them trading out. But uh, obviously getting a player like Diggs, who not only plays well, plays for Alabama, but his brother's also a Pro Bowl wide receiver. So you know that they play against each other and, and help train, help, help each other train. So uh, I love the pick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Again, I think this is a great pick. Um, I did see one mock draft. I thought it was pretty funny. They had uh, the Vikings actually taking digs at 25, which I thought would be just comical. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, to me, I almost hope he goes at 25 just, just for that storyline. But if he's here um, at 32 and the chiefs are still, they don't trade out, then I would love to see the chiefs, uh, uh, make this pick uh, again. He is an impact player that can come in and, and help them out immediately and and fill that you know that hole that uh, Fuller left behind. So um, great pick by him. Yeah, and that concludes our mock draft. But I want to kind of go over a little bit of this. Um, let's let's go over position by position real quick and and talk about some guys who are great value where they're at. I'm looking at the quarterbacks and I'm just going to throw a few out there that I really like. Um, obviously, Jacob Eason is going to go early in the second round. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I mean, that guy can play. He's a little undersized at 6'1", but the guy can just play. Uh, Jake Fromm, obviously. Another guy that I kind of had my eye on, which is I've heard a lot of good things about him, is Nate Stanley from Iowa, 6'4", 235. Did well at the Wonderlick test. He tests well everywhere. It's hard to draft an Iowa quarterback high because they don't really play. I think the guy's got some. Uh, some weapons around, or if he had some weapons around him, I think he could actually be a really serviceable quarterback. So um, it's, to me, there's a lot of quarterbacks left. I mean, there, uh, there's, again, this is this is a deep draft, and, and just looking through players and stuff, I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be some good players left. You're talking about uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, out of uh, Minnesota, uh, whose dad, Antoine Winfield, was was a phenomenal secondary player in the NFL for years. Um, he makes a lot of good plays. He's smart, uh, can play in the box, uh, again, plays man, plays zone, uh, would be best at free safety. Uh, but I mean, would be a phenomenal player. Uh, AJ Apinza. I mean, this is a guy, uh, again, out of Iowa. Um, this is a guy that some mock drafts have him going as high as, as, uh, the early teens and some have him going into third round. Um, uh, overall, I think he's rated as the fourth best edge player in the, uh, in the draft. Uh, he's a first round talent grade wise. Um, I think it's just a matter of need. So if you, if someone gets a Pinza in the mid to late second round, that's a huge, uh, 
a, a huge uh, pick. Uh, then you're, you know, you mentioned earlier guys like Jalen Rager uh, uh, at wide receiver, and then you got uh, Chenault out of uh, Colorado. Um, I mean, the, these legit, you know, great wide receivers um, that we have here that that are going to be available. Um, or you got guys like Colin Johnson out of Texas, uh, like six six and two hundred and thirty pounds, something like that. Um, that guy, if he would have come out last year, would have been a first round pick. And now because of how deep this receiver class is, um, they're saying he's probably going to be a third round and maybe even slip to the, to the fourth round. Um, and so you have all these, these phenomenal receivers and then the running backs, um, I could easily see the first round, not having a single running back taken, but I could see potentially as much as four, as many as four, maybe even five taken in the second round with JK Dobbins, uh, Deandre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, all those guys. Uh, again, just there's, there's a lot of great depth in this, this draft. I think that's one reason, uh, a lot of people are trying to gain, uh, more second and third and fourth round picks, uh, that come in some of those mid-level picks, because you're going to be able to get some, some great talent there again, uh, in most drafts, you know, a guy taken in the fourth round would be maybe a second round pick last year. Um, so there's a lot of great value in this draft. It's going to be a really fun one to watch, honestly, um, outside of the whole technical, side from it the 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 virtual draft i think that's going to be fun to watch just to see how it plays out honestly but um from a from a talent standpoint and and how teams look coming out of this draft um this is really kind of one of the more intriguing drafts uh of the last few years for me personally probably of the last five years honestly for certain so based on our mock drafts who do you what team do you think really uh drafted the best uh i mean Really, I mean, you, you got to obviously give it to the uh, you got to give it to the Dolphins. I think yeah, uh, just off of sheer of volume, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just again out of sheer volume. They've got three first round picks. Uh, again, you're looking at the Raiders coming out of there. Uh, the Raiders coming out of there with uh, uh, Patrick Queen at at number nineteen. I love that pick. Getting Jerry Judy uh, at number twelve. Um, so they're getting offensive and defensive help. Uh, the 49ers, again getting that. I'd say the closest thing in this draft to Tyree Kill uh, and Henry Ruggs at number 13, but still getting someone to replace uh, DeForest Buckner with uh, Ross Blacklock uh, at number 31. So, um, And then the Vikings, again, uh, they're getting wide receiver help to replace Stephon Diggs. They're getting defensive back help to, you know, to help replace Trey Waynes and, and uh, some of those other guys. Uh, so, again, I, I think there's a lot of – a lot of – Good first rounds, but I think the Dolphins, to me, if they end up with uh, Tonga Viola, Josh Jones, and and Jonathan Taylor, I mean, that's going to be a win no matter what. Yeah. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Obviously, this won't even be close to right, but you never know. I, I Don't, imagine uh, there's probably going to be five, six trades in this first round. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'd be happy if we're fifty percent right. I'll be pretty happy. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll do a post episode and see how we lined up with what actually happened. Absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to go over here on the draft episode before we wrap up for the night? Uh, yeah. I mean, just kind of to to rehash on a few things again. I, I, I this is again, it's a deep draft. So if your team doesn't, you know, if you go into a draft saying, I want my guy, my team to draft a receiver in the first round, don't freak out when they don't. Um, same thing with running back or offensive line, um, quarterback, um, really almost any position in this draft outside of maybe tight end. 
Um, but I mean, there, yeah, which is weird. I, that is one thing that is strange. The, the lack of tight ends. There's no first round graded tight ends. There's barely even any second round graded tight ends. Yeah, and and I, I think there's going to be some solid tight ends there, and in, in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, I think you're going to get some good value, honestly. Uh, but again, it's it's one of those things. I don't think you need to panic if your team doesn't get that player that everyone said that they were that they were going to get this entire time, um, because it is such a deep draft, and it, you know if if. Uh, if uh, the Lions or the Char- or the Giants or someone like that trade down, um, I don't think teams need to freak out because again, there there's still some solid, uh, some really great defensive backs and offensive linemen and things like that in this draft. Mm-hmm. So um, if, if the Lions miss out on Akuda because they draft down, uh, the Giants miss out on Tristan Wars or Jedrick Willis or something like that, like I wouldn't panic because they're gaining capital and they're still going to get some good players wherever they trade down too. So um, I don't think they need to panic. Um, I'd say that's the biggest thing. It's just don't overreact to to anything that really happens because uh, there there's just so many good players in this draft. I think my biggest thing is looking at how bad some of the GMing has been because when you're looking at this, you got teams like the Rams and the Texans and the Bears all sitting out this first round. It's like look at the talent here that they could be picking up, but due to a lot of them weren't great trades. I mean, granted the you know, the Bears, they got obviously a great player out of it, but at the same time, <laughs> they could have got some real quality players over the last two years. I'll say it doesn't. At the end of the day, it hasn't translated. Exactly. Uh, and and that's another thing. It's uh, some of the trades, it'll be interesting to watch with the value that they get because we are seeing, you know, you see uh, DeAndre Hopkins get traded basically for nothing, but then you see Stefan Diggs get traded for a ton, I thought, um, yeah. you know, and so some of the, some of these trades are, I can't believe they're going through from, you know, from, uh, one end or the other, or both, honestly, some, some trades I see, and I'm like, that's a bad trade for both of them. Um, but then some trades it's, you know, the, the, the Cardinals definitely came out on top a plus to an F with the Texans. Um, but I also believe that, you know, the, the bills probably overpaid just a little bit for Stefan Diggs. Uh, and then you have the Ravens, you know, a fifth round pick for uh, Calais Campbell. Um, Darius Slay, I think, went for a third or fourth round pick. You know, uh, some of these guys, I can't believe they're going for as little as they're going for. And then other guys, I can't believe they're getting as much as they're getting. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's going to be one hell of a fun season to watch. Yes, it will. So we will come back after the draft and do a recap episode. Um, and and kind of give our grades on how we think teams did compared to what we think they should do. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. We'll see you guys next time.